You ready? Give me one second. I will not. So today, it's going to be a great day. We're still in Romans 6. If you're just joining, we're going to tackle Romans 6, 8 through 14. And, you know, this show is called The Good Race Show. And where that comes from is when Paul says, you know that all runners run, but only one gets the prize. So run like that. In almost a competitive in almost a competitive all out give everything and be the best, which is kind of just kind of a fun, fun idea, but only one of us can win. And it's going to be me, not you, Steve. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. So, uh, but today, um, Paul kind of talks about that, talks about what, uh, a hundred percent looks like a hundred percent for us is, uh, trying to put together a good show called the Good Ray Show, which means we have to buy a lot of stuff. As it turns out, I thought when we started this, we would be able to use all the things that I already had. That's not true. <laughs> we already tried that, and we came up with a very, very <laughs> crappy show. <laughs> Here's the thing that I'm annoyed by, though: every single thing I try to do to improve this show or make it better, when it comes to purchasing something. You can't buy it. Somehow everything that we need to do what people have been doing for years is all just coming out next month. Yeah, isn't Why that is true? Why is that, Steve? Why is well, that? Well, there's only two options. Okay. Either you're buying what everyone else wants yeah. or you're buying things that are just coming out that, uh, that, that just haven't been released yet, right? Like they've been announced. And I think it's a combination of the two. If you think about it, you know, the camera, I mean, it came out in uh, September, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's such a popular camera that everyone is buying it up. You know, I think YouTube over the next couple of years, probably 50% of the videos that are made by people that own digital SLRs or mirrorless cameras are going to be using that camera. And, uh. Yeah, you're yeah, talking what about else the Sony we... A7S3. I, which yeah, this... I don't have that. Um, but you know, it's funny. Even even just what we're doing, like I've I've just bought a um, a Mac. Yeah, which I the new M1 yeah, Mac it's Mini, with right? The M1 chip, and, so, and I'm like, all right, I'll get it. They advertised it. It came out a few months ago. I'll just have them send me. Everyone's saying this is the lowest, crappiest Apple they're ever going to do. So just wait for the better ones. Like, but it's actually so cheap and I'm using a combination of the, my work computer and a personal laptop, but I found out that my five-year-old personal laptop has a lot of limitations (laughs) and you know, but it's honestly, it's not just, uh, the things that we're buying for the podcast, which is true, but it seems like almost everything. My, my cousin, uh, called me and asked me if I could order him this CPU 
And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem, man. I searched everything. Best Buy, Amazon, Fry's, Adorama, BH Photo. Every single person is sold out. You can't buy the CPU component to build a computer. Like why? Why is that? Everything is on back order. The Mac's on back order. I I did what every, you know, I turned 40 this year. And, <laughs> you know, there comes a time that you just become an adult and you buy adult things. Okay. Even though I'm single, I need to have some adult things. So what pretty natural, I bought a bunk bed. There you go. Because, yeah. you know, you might have a guest come over sometime. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they have to, they have to have some more sleep. So <laughs> anyway, trying to get more room and the bunk bed. Your bunk bed's kind of cool though. Like, tell me, it's, the bunk it's bed not... is awesome. It's twin on the bottom, full on the top, and the reason you got the extra space for the twin, I got shelves, so I could put the cameras up perfectly. I've got extra desk space. I could put the mixer and things. And you know, we're in my bedroom here, so like, I am gonna make a better studio. The bunk bed got canceled amazon ah. refunded my order and no. if i go back there it's unavailable we're not sure if or when this product will ever come back wow i've I know. never heard of that one yeah and and, and where so you now sleep? i just now i just have two extra mattresses where are you gonna sleep <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna sleep on one of my three mattresses <laughs> you it's like the princess and the pea you can just stack them up yeah king full twin <laughs> and i'll be on top don't move i have you a, might roll off i have a king size bed and i'm getting rid of it because i hate it yeah what's what's so bad about it it takes up the whole room yep and i only sleep on this on this much of it <laughs> and and but but like is it comfortable no it was comfortable at first i got one of those casper mattresses okay Everybody's like, they're so great. They're so comfortable and relatively cheap. And I got this king bed because I thought, well, that's a cool bed to have. If somebody ever sees my bedroom, then I'm going to be cool. Yeah. But. You're throwing that out the window. Yeah. I don't care if you think I'm cool because of the bed I have. That's a weird thing to think you're cool for anyway. <laughs> so I slept on, I slept on one side. I call it the driver's side. You know, the left so if you're looking up, you're on the driver's side. I always thought yeah. it was cool to sleep on the driver's side. Dad slept on the driver's side, so it seems like that's where the guy goes. But after like a year, it it, it created like this hole in it, like a con like a like a dip. So if I ever scooted towards the middle, it was like I was going uphill. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I thought, well, I'm gonna just try and learn how to sleep on the other side. So I went and slept on the other side. And then to only my surprise, after about a year, I put a dip in that too. So, <laughs> so now my bed is shaped like a W and I hate it and it just takes up my room. So we set up this studio originally in my living room. So I was going to set this up every time, but setting this all up and taking it all down means that we go weeks without doing a show. 
Yeah. Because it's just, that's, that's too much. It's just so too much work. I need to have, I need to have a setup. So I probably gave yeah. way too much information in this episode, but well, bottom if line you want, is. What? I'm going to one up. Yeah. So there is a story that, that Sarah and I, I don't know if she'll mind me sharing this, but there is between the two of us. You should get a bunk bed. <laughs> but the, you'll save so much room for us, activities <laughs> did we just become best friends um yes but years ago like when we were first married um and this is something that if i even mention it or if she mentions it we sit there and we laugh like belly laugh for minutes okay. and i don't know if it'll it'll communicate well but well, now this is the pressure. idea <laughs> uh, we were like we were trying to figure out like where do we sleep in the bed right okay and it's always been my experience that i really like to sort of face a box fan right like i like to have a fan in the room i like yeah. the noise i like to be able to hear it i like also to have the wind blowing on my face yeah that's great and i just get hot throughout the night and mm -hmm. so one <laughs> one night I had the idea that I also like to face my wife, right? Like I want to be sort of like a spoon capable husband, right? Gotcha. But if I'm always sort of facing away from her that like as a young recently married man, I didn't like the idea of like facing away from my wife when we were sleeping. I wanted to be able to, you know, that makes sense. be spoon capable, right? Yeah. So I got the great idea that we were going to switch sides. Mm -hmm. I was going to go to her side of the bed mm -hmm. and I was still going to be able to face the fan, but we would be able, able to spoon, right? Like this, this is the idea. Right. <clears throat> so we, we get in bed, she's asleep and I am sitting there trying my hardest just absolute hardest to actually participate in sleeping in this configuration. Right. And I, I, it probably went on for two hours that I just sat there just Sorry. focusing on trying to go to sleep <laughs> and you know, she was hot and I'm facing like, it's just, it was uncomfortable. It was like, I'm out of my element. I'm on the wrong side of the bed. Like, <laughs> Like, like I'm just, I don't know where to put my hands. And, uh, and it's like, I, you know, I like to have one arm underneath my pillow to, you know, but mm -hmm. like my hand was getting in her hair and, <laughs> and it got to the point where I was like, this is absolute not working. Right. So it's like three o'clock in the morning and I get up and I walk around the bed <laughs> and <up>. I, <laughs> And I kind of, I kind of shook her and I said, scoot over. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she woke up and looked at me and she was like, what? I'm like, scoot over. <laughs> and so, so she, <laughs> she started laughing so hard <laughs> that, uh, cause you've yeah. been awake all night trying to make this thing work. Yeah. It sounds and like she so didn't I'm, care. Yeah, and I'm at I'm at my wit's end, right? Like I'm going crazy. And so like it probably to her it just sounded ridiculous that I'm like scoot over. But like for me it's like I'm totally frazzled. I'm like get 
you, nope, scoot over. Like, <laughs> like if I'm going to sleep tonight, I need you to move over. So, but uh, yeah. So to this day, she'll say, she'll be like, scoot over. <laughs> and it'll like instantly bring back that memory. So. Oh, that's awesome. I love inside. I love inside stories like that. I, um, I'm envious of you because it sounds like you have various sleeping positions that you might do throughout the night. And I, I just plank the whole night. Really? Like, like stomach up? Yeah. Plank on my bed. Just plank. So, I mean, I could, you could put me on the bed diagonal. You can put me on the end of the bed. You can put me on this side or that side. It doesn't matter to me. All I need is a flat surface. Where do your arms go? What do you mean, where do my arms go? Like, do they just go to your sides? Yep. They might. Oh, they might sometimes, because I pull up the blankets. I mean, they might be resting on you, my you're like chest this. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like Dracula. <laughs> oh, man. you're That's strange, dude. And I don't move. So imagine the imagine over over time my body just wears through the mattress. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I could lose weight, but if you mention that, I'll cut it from the show. All right. <laughs> now, but I mean it was it's just weird and I just find it odd that every time I try and shop for something mm-hmm. and you know Granted that we've been shopping for a lot of the same genre, let's say, yeah. mixers, microphones, cameras, streaming bridges, uh, video switchers, computers, but I'm just surprised that everything is out and bunk beds, mattresses, they're also on back order. Yeah. I wasn't pre-ordering a mattress, but still it's not coming as quick as you'd think. Everything's yeah, a week and- or two out. You know, it might have, you know, the world is and on hold some places. And uh, and so that might play a role. But but I think also a lot of people are doing similar things w- to what we're doing. And a lot of remarkable things are coming out. So well, lot- nothing quite as good as the Good Race Show, my friend. Nothing That's as good as the Good Race Show. Well, what do you say we dive into... We we can make a very very smooth transition from that. Two. Let me, let me let me try it out. All right. You know, when my uh, bunk bed, when I found out my bunk bed was not coming, there was a little piece of me that died inside. <laughs> In Romans, Paul says. <laughs> <laughs> In chapter six. In chapter six. Eight through read 14. it, Steve. I think you'll find it very, very pertinent. <laughs> All right. So, and since we died with Christ and lost our bunk beds, we know that we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God 
through Jesus Christ. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were for you were dead, but now you have life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. And that's Amen. Romans 6, 8 through 14. <clears throat> so simultaneously, we were dead to sin, and we got life through Jesus Christ. And uh, later on, it says that uh, we're dead to the evil and sin, but uh, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So it kind of harkens back to what we were saying the other day. We also have this new life. And I think that's, that's equally as important in how you're living this new life. Yeah. With the, you know, I always thought of becoming a Christian means that, well, now that you're a Christian, you try really hard, do what's right. You kind of, uh, do your best not to do something bad. And then when you die, you get to go to heaven and we live with Christ and everything will be perfect in heaven. And in a sense, that's true. That's not all wrong because when we die and we go to heaven, everything will be perfect because we're going to, we'll have a new body. It'll be awesome. However, what Paul is saying is pretty kind of, uh, it's not counter to that, but it's, it's sounds like everything that he's saying here is about right this minute today. So it says, and since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. So in my brain, I think, yeah, when I go to heaven, but everything else that he says in this passage is no on Wednesday, you'll live with him while you're still alive, while you're still on earth, while you're still stuck in a broken, as a broken person, you now still can live with Christ starting today. It's yeah. like, you know, Christ died and was raised from the dead. Well, he's alive today and he will never die again. And it says he died once to break the power of sin. And yesterday we talked about sin being, yes, those things that we all know are wrong and that we don't even want to do. And if we were strong enough, we would actually choose not to do them. But sin is also living completely sold out to yourself for your own wants, needs, and desires and serving this world and doing things to puff yourself up and to, you know, living selfishly. That's also sin. Yeah. Um, but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves dead to the power of sin, meaning living for yourself and alive for the same reason. 
live for the glory of God. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting where it says that, um, that Jesus died once, uh, to break the power of sin, but now he lived. I think that Paul is sort of trying to keep a parallel idea, right? Like mm -hmm. we died, Jesus died. We, uh, we live, Jesus lives. Um, and this goes back to what you're saying. It's almost like it's saying that Jesus is not going to die again. And, right. and because we have, we've had this death to sin, we're never going to die to death to sin again. We are already this new creature that lives for the glory of God, right? Like, just like you said. Mm -hmm. And so we might physically die eventually, right? But we're already sort of living this, this different path, right? We're living this new path that is for the glory of God and not under the slavery of sin. So, yeah. It's you almost just paraphrased um, verse uh, 13 and 14. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Every part of you, <laughs> your money, <laughs> your future, you know, the person you want to marry, you know, like whatever it is that you're really geeked out about your career, your promotions, your investments, like all of it, a hundred percent, give yourselves completely to God because you were dead. You used to only have that to look forward to. You used to only have whatever you could hobble together and store up for the future. That used to be your only reward. Yeah. Well, now you're not dead anymore. You don't live that dead life. It's like, so now you have new life. Use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. Like all that stuff you were doing was dragging you down. Yeah. It was the worst part of you. And uh, you no longer have to live under that. And you don't have to live under the requirements of the law. So live under grace. So don't stress out about your duties as a best man. Why don't you be the person for your brother this whole event and do your best at that? Because that's what you really want anyway. You're yeah. just getting bogged down in the details. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I really like this, this chapter. It so, makes sense to me. Yeah. Which is cool. And, I like when the Bible makes sense. So much of the time, you know, not saying chapter four, that wouldn't be right. But sometimes it hasn't made sense in the past. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's the uh there's a young uh young girl who's going to be a missionary to uh PNG, Papua New Guinea, uh this next year. Yeah. And she she you interviewed her, right? For the commission I, I did interview her for the commission podcast. Yeah. Um, cool. And uh, she's going to go out into potentially the mountains 
where like they've never met someone outside their village potentially, right? Like this is, this is like deep, dark missionary work. And she's going indefinitely. She's not going for a two week thing. She's, she's moving her newborn baby and her husband to this place (laughs) to commit their life to this task. Yeah. Yeah, And so, I mean, they're looking at a minimum of like 16 years with a single tribe. And then what they were planning on doing is starting over again when, when they finish there. Well, 16 years is too short of a career. So exactly. You want to give a full 32. If you're going to go to the jungle, (laughs) do it. Go all the way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't know why I joke about that. So, um, but it is a, that's a really awesome I mean, that's putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And what was interesting, something she said during the interview, is that a lot of people look at what she's doing and they sort of say, really, is this a really good place for you to take your young baby? And it's interesting what she, her take on it, right? It is a very... um it's very relevant to what we're talking about here. She would say, God gave me Callum, right? God gave me this young boy. And because God has entrusted me with this, this boy, he's, he's God still, right? Like I'm going to trust God that God is going to take care of him. And I am just going to do what I feel I'm you know, what obedience looks like to God in my situation. And if, you know, Kelm could get sick, right? Like there are diseases there that, that are dangerous. Um, and it's a danger for everyone that's going. But she's saying, I'm going to trust God with him. And uh, she's gotten a little flack from other girls uh, from various churches that kind of feel like she's not being a very good mom because she's doing this. And I was just really impressed by her take on that, that she was really just going for the glory of God. And she's not going to allow the uh, sort of external things to get involved, right? She was really going to just go and uh, let God sort of take care of her and her family. So I really appreciated that, that mental mindset. It's funny because, oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, go for it. I was going to say, it's just funny how that works where, you know, the one thing that I would say to her is, what a testimony that you would be willing to go even though you've got your small kid and go and i would say that's a girl who's even sacrificing more than the you know excited college christian convert who decides to do it but no she's married and she's got a kid and she's still going to do this yeah and i think well that's that's amazing that's even more sacrifice credited to you and yeah. somebody else who's looking at this world And looking at ourselves as what's the most important thing says, well, you're just being irresponsible Yeah. because 
the wants, needs, and desires of your kid should come first. And so you shouldn't be making, you shouldn't be doing all this because you're robbing him of something that I think would be better for him. And it's very judgmental and it's, it's very, uh, earthly thinking. Yeah. Because the bottom line is a lot of kids get, uh, sick and die or get in car accidents and it's not the parents fault. Yeah, exactly. And so there's no guarantees. It's not like if she goes, there's definite danger going to happen to this kid. It's not like if she stays, the kid's going to definitely be safe. And it's not worth the risk for her to ignore what she feels is right in the off chance that the kid might be safer. And to me, I think that's to her credit because it would be easy for a mother to say, I got a pretty comfy life here. Yeah. I got a new baby. I don't know if we want to go to Papua New Guinea. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people would feel that she's, a lot of people, she said that a lot of people say that she's not being wise about it. And she's I think a bad myself, mother. Yeah. Or something. That's how she feels that people are treating her like she's a bad mother. But well, I that's think, what they're saying. Even if yeah. they don't come out and say it when they're saying, are you sure you're not being irresponsible? That means you're being a bad mother. That's what, that's what the, the wording is probably more polite, but the message is very clear. Yeah. So, but um, I say good for you, Shelby. (laughs) And it's Shelby and Mark Fitzpatrick. So you can look them up. Shelby and Mark Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Someday I will probably, uh, have to make a decision that seems as costly and I hope I'm ready for it, but yeah, that's awesome that they did that. Um, are they going soon or they are going within the next two months they're getting on a plane okay. assuming that there is a plane to get on so there yeah that's the plan so a lot a lot of things I've been talking with them and uh there's a lot of things that need to get set up before they can actually leave but it's do you know uh, what, it's good. do you know what the current uh social distancing regulations are in the tribes today <laughs> well it's funny last year they weren't allowing anyone to go to to the tribes like it was illegal in Papua New Guinea to send people into the tribes so might not yeah. be a bad idea because the tribes may not have been exposed to yeah or something and and something like that could really really wipe out a tribe potentially so we can learn um, that now it says right here that we are no longer under the requirements of the law instead you live under the freedom of god's grace so i think that's such an interesting concept it's kind of like have you ever heard people say like the opposite of something is something different and it's it doesn't seem to match right like the people will say the the opposite of i don't know sadness is not happiness it's like i don't know fulfillment or something right like i don't i don't have a good example but i've have you ever heard one of these before well i've heard the opposite of love is not hate it's indifference yes yes exactly the opposite of love is not hate it's an indifference so but the opposite of under the requirements of the law is living under the freedom of God's grace. 
And so when I hear that, I think, huh, those don't seem to match. It doesn't seem like, it seems like more like love versus indifference versus love versus hate. Hate and love seem more, you know, matching. Um, but when I read this, so, and then I think to myself, what does he mean by the freedom of God's grace? Right. And then you start thinking, okay, what is grace? Grace is undeserved. Mm -hmm. It's so what would be the definition? It's undeserved favor. I mean, it's, it's something that you so don't deserve it. Like you deserve the opposite. And you were given it anyhow, right? Yeah, I can't say um, exactly. Uh, I have made an attempt, and I won't try again because I just... <laughs> you know how sometimes you try and explain something that you don't really understand, and then it just comes out and everybody goes, yeah, that's not right. And then you say, you're right. I feel a little bit like that, but I know... Um, I've heard it said uh, that in this case, when Paul is talking about grace, he's talking about almost a synonymous word as power. So the idea that you have God's grace on you is what gives you the power to be completely above uh, the pull of this world, your own wants and needs and desires and your, and the sin. It's like you have access to, uh, God's grace. Now I know that grace is also that we don't deserve it. It's not only that it's, we're not getting the punishment we deserve, but we're actually getting like a reward. (laughs) So we deserve punishment. We're getting rewarded. And I know that's a, a part of it. And really, we should get my uh, we should get my dad. We should call him up and be like, "All right, give us your grace perspective, and then be ready." And here's the here's here's the trap for my dad. Because if if you say that, uh, sorry about that. If you heard a jingle, I don't know. Um, if you say grace is not only are you forgiven for what you don't deserve to be forgiven for, but you're going to get rewarded with an eternal life. That's grace. And then at the same time, you want to say, okay, grace is not just about eternal life, but it's also the power to overcome sin. It's It almost sounds like you've got the exact opposite. One is you sinned, but the grace is what's there to forgive you. And then the other one says it grace is that essence or that reality that you now have that allows you not to sin in the first place. Well, those are a little bit, you know, it's hard to reconcile those two definitions. I would love to get somebody uh, to put that. We'll do a grace episode. Okay. Cause that's what, cause that's what we need. I think because yeah. you're you're asking me a question, and I have a lot of, I have a lot of um, words from my dad in my head. Yeah, but that part hasn't ever gotten from my head to my to your um, heart. Yeah, my under full understanding, my heart. 
And then the other side, like the part that I've always known, this forgiveness, and not only just forgiveness, but benefit, I got that too, but it also doesn't really work in some of Paul's verses. Yeah. What do you mean he gave us grace to overcome? What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds different than what I think of when I hear grace, right? So Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think in 14 where it says sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law, instead you live under the freedom of God's grace. I think that it's saying, listen, Jesus paid it all, right? And now you are able to live in freedom and not have to worry about the ins and outs of the law. You can just live and and have community with God. I and I think I think the uh, the best man analogy is great because it really does um, it really does sort of put a perspective that you could sort of relate with, right? And it doesn't have to be a best man. It's just anything where you have a lot of responsibilities, like the law. The law was a lot of responsibility and all of a sudden, imagine all of those responsibilities are just released. Now you get to live for the purpose that you were made, right? Yeah, and I spent all my time focused on the responsibilities that even years later I can look back and say, I really dropped the ball on the few things that I really wanted to do. Like, yeah. The part of being, you know, I really wasn't that great of a best man in the end because I was focused on, there was so much for me to do. And then also the pressure of not failing. Gotcha. And so then in the end, if, if you just pressure yourself not to fail the whole time, you fail. (laughs) So, you know, if you, anyway, I won't come up with another analogy for that. You get it. So yeah. I stopped myself. That was good for me. That was impressive. That, I just stopped. I just saved us from a boring part of the show. That shit. That shows so much deep there's down. Some, there's some growth here. Yeah. You yeah. know, Dude. that was my sinful nature wanted to come up uh, and I stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you indulge you... yourself with another analogy that may or may not work? Try it. <laughs> Waste everyone's time. <laughs> this is a you moment. all right well i think we did good what does it look like to live 100 percent? we did our best this is the good race show and we're gonna run to get the prize we don't want to leave anything on the table yeah we'll see you tomorrow keep running